Well, good afternoon, um, wherever you are in this weird, wonderful, wacky world. This is uh, the jovial Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to episode 99 of Crystal Silence League Hour. And tonight, we're going to talk about power. Why in the world should I want it? So, if you can, get a cold drink, a warm drink, and if you have a crystal ball or a shiny crystal, get that too. We may be using it later if I remember to do it. Because as you know, folks, I walk a very thin tightrope up here. It doesn't take much to blow me off of it, off into some wonderful, weird, wacky tangent of spiritual um, pomposity. So uh, why don't you come back in just a minute, and we shall return. the big news this month, being the month of May, uh, other than my birthday at the end of the month, um, I'm a Gemini on the Taurus cusp, is, um, and yes, by the way, I'm I'm turning quite old, I'll be 57, I'm pushing 60 these days, is uh, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which is um, uh, weekend after next, I believe, and if you're not Attending that, I think you should. Uh, I won't be able to attend that. I have pressing business here at, at uh, Le Maison Saint Germain. Um, we have contractors out here all the time because we're restoring our 125-year-old house to historical uh, accuracy and etc. And so we have some foundation and basement issues. Uh, in fact, there are uh, underground mineral springs that run all over this area. That's why it's called Whittle Springs Road and Mineral Springs Road. And one of them. Um, kind of erupted in our basement. We have a wet basement anyway. When it rains, the basement fills the water, and we have a sump pump to deal with it, and a drain in the middle, and the drain is stopped up. So um, we've had rain five out of seven days for the past three weeks, and um, one of the mineral springs under great pressure uh, because of high water actually came up through the floor, creating a small little waterfall from this concrete slab down to the drain area and the sump pumps chugging away, draining it. And I got a, a fellow who helps me around the house fixing stuff to look at it to see if we could patch that slab. And he said, well, it's just going to come up somewhere else. So I have some professionals that are going to come out. These are people that look at wet basements and tell you what to do. And I may actually tap into that mineral spring rather than try to plug it up. I may actually tap into it and bottle that mineral water and uh, make it available as a product or something because that's what the the owner of the house, uh, F.D. Whittle, um, used to do. That's, his name was uh, Whittle, and he used to bottle a Whittle Springs um, tonic water. That's how he made his first fortune, in fact, before he went into real estate development. So maybe I will 
continue that. Of course, he claimed that his mineral springs water cured uh, everything from baldness to dandruff to uh, scabies, um, kidney disease, diabetes, uh, asthma, female hysteria, um, depression, and all sorts of stuff. And he was fined thirty dollars by the, what was the nineteen uh, thirties version of the uh, FDA for uh, misleading advertisement. <laughs> and he continued to sell it, but without the medicinal claims. So um, I won't make such extravagant claims about my mineral water, except that it's tasty and filled with enriching minerals. Um, so tonight's topic is is power. Why why should I want it, and what will I do with it when I have it, and why can't I get it, etc. And um, of course, before we do that, I'd like to tell you this is the Crystal Silence League Hour. Sponsored by LMC Radio Network, Missionary Independent Church, and the Crystal Silence League itself, which was formed in around uh, 1917 by Claude Alexander Conlin for the purpose of disseminating positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of these things. And he did this via the agency of crystal balls and crystals. And three times a day, he would project this positive gift wave out to the world, and all members of the Crystal Silence League would receive it via crystal ball. And these were waves of um, power and happiness and prosperity and uh, health. And, of course, we teach how to do this in the Crystal Silence League. We have literature that you can get. If you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you can uh, obtain membership. You can obtain crystal balls. You can obtain these literatures, some of which were written by our founder, uh, Mr. Claude Conlon, and some uh, of this literature was written by me, uh, Reverend Dr. John St. Germain, uh, especially a book called um, Crystal Magic, uh, Healing, Divination, and Spellcraft with Gems and Minerals, which... Um, uh, provides all sorts of instruction and guidance in the use of uh, the practical use of gems and minerals and crystal balls and spell work, uh, divination, healing, projection, interception. Um, we also have a prayer page, and prayer is always free. You can go there and post prayers. We have hundreds of prayers that are posted there uh, each week, some of which I'll be reading aloud uh, later. And um, we also talk about the properties and magical attributes of crystals and gems. And uh, our gem this week is fuchsite, which is a, a very interesting uh, little mineral. It's a, a greenish mineral, sparkly pieces of mica in it. And it's a very it's a very nice stone. It's a healing stone uh, to, um, uh, to many people. And for those who are intuitive healers, fuchsite is often used to determine the source of uh, the person's ailment. It's it's um, known as a uh, a stone that you can uh, run over someone's body and determine what's wrong with them intuitively. It um, it helps get to the root of the problem very quickly, and it, it helps connect the healer to the person being healed, and uh, it can lead you very quickly to determine what is the correct course of action. The uh, it connects the earth to the person. It connects the earth to the heavens. It connects the person to earth spirits. And um, there's a form of fuchsite, ruby and fuchsite, that's especially potent for um, drawing out illness and uh, negative energy. And uh, fuchsite is, uh, is uh, associated with the Archangel Raphael. For those of you who do this sort of work. Now, 
this is a a mineral that does have uh, mica. It has chromium in it, and sometimes there's quartz in it. And uh, when um, when quartz is in the fuchsite, it's uh, it's uh, it's sometimes called aventurine. So it's a it's not an expensive mineral whatsoever. It's it's very abundant in the earth, and this is a, a a mineral that can help people get in touch with um, magical beings like fairies and angels and uh, other earth spirits. So um, it's a, a wonderful little stone to have around. Now I've used the um, um, if you want to make an elixir or serum from it, I suggest the indirect method because uh, mica is uh, moderately soluble. It can turn it can dust easily. So. Um, put it in a glass or a bottle or a jar and put the glass or the bottle in the jar in the uh, liquid in which you're infusing uh, so that the water does not enter the container where the stone is contained and let the uh, emanations or the radiations or the energies from the stone infuse the water that way. Uh, and that is our stone fuchsite. You can see a picture of it in our slideshow or go um, to a rock shop and look at it. It's a very uh, common stone. It's not rare at all. It's all like buying diamonds, for instance. Um, we'll go over to our prayers now, and I'm going to tell you that we get hundreds of prayers a week at the Crystal Silence League, and um, we really do. If I tried to read them all aloud, by the time I got finished with this week's prayers, there'd be a hundred more. Um, as I even look at the page, more and more prayers um, get posted, even as, um, as I sit here and look at them. I don't identify these prayers by name. I never do. Uh, anonymity is protected, but I do read them a lot by prayer ID number. So uh, if you will, if you like, and if it is your want, uh, you can pray along with me. So why don't we get started? We have uh, many prayers to go through this week, in fact. So let's just read uh, just a few of these. And um, we have prayer ID number 60856. And uh, this prayer is, A prayer for my cats to behave and get along. I have three female cats, two are sisters. They chase and fight each other every day. They fight sometimes, and I know that it's typical animal behavior, but they seem to get out of control sometimes. And they broke one of my tall porcelain dolls. My prayers to them to calm down and get along and also get health insurance and life insurance for free for the long term. Amen. Now, I'm not sure if it's health insurance and life insurance for the cats or for her, uh, but um, you, can, you can get insurance for your cats. I have insurance for my cats. So they have better health insurance than I do, in fact. Um, prayer ID number 60855 who says, for six months I have been waiting for my husband, best friend, soulmate, to realize he messed up and still loves me and, and for him to come back. I grasp onto any little sign I can, and I need to let go and release this pain from my heart and mind. Yes, I want him back, but I can't continue to torture myself. I ask for prayer and guidance with love and light to move on. God's angels, please help me. Amen. And prayer ID number 60854, please make my love DTC, DTS, to cut things off with a long distance AJ 
disallow them from ever meeting, let him disappoint her to the fullest extent, and cut off all contact with her. Make him realize it is only me he shall truly love and form a real relationship with. Disallow him from entertaining her and other females in such a manner. Let him get happy and excited at the thought of keeping only me as a love partner. Let this all happen no later than this month. Amen. Prayer ID number 60853. Praying for a fast, smooth, easy process at court tomorrow. The judge honoring his deal. We want this to be closed now, over, not affecting mine or my husband's life anymore. Moving forward, grateful and having learned some valuable and life-changing lessons, make this a done deal, a closed door. Turning out in my favor, amen. Prayer ID 60851. Heavenly Father, I've prayed, prayed, and prayed, and I often feel as if you do hear me that I felt so alone. I prayed for the reconciliation of my marriage. I have asked that love be restored and renewed and protection for my daughter, and I feel like you don't hear me. We're still struggling, and I'm still sad. My daughter is struggling, and my estranged husband is lost. Please help us find a way back to each other. Amen. Prayer ID number 60850. That JC will contact me now and that our friendship will be restored today and that it will be stronger than ever and whoever and whatever is holding him back will be removed and he will have a deep need to see me now. I will pray for you as well. Thank you. I just need for this miracle to be answered now. I miss him and I need him. Amen. And prayer ID number 60849, all collection efforts to collect on prior debts from me have been have been indefinitely ended. Thank you for there being no one attempting to collect on debt from me. I am financially liberated. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID number 60848, I'm single. Please could I date a hot nurse? So mode it be. Amen. So any naughty nurses out there, go to Crystal Silence Link. We've got a guy for you. Prayer ID number 60847. Please pray for us, and I'll give you some initials here, T, Y, and D, S, to be reunited and marry each other. Amen. Prayer ID number 60846. Great powers of the universe, great spirits of the universe, I pray and request help and protection to keep my SSDI and my long-term disability claim with Cigna Group Insurance active and open. I request protection from the people hired by Cigna Long-Term Disability sent out to follow me with cameras and try to find anything that they can use against me to close my disability claim and stop my monthly benefits. I pray my cancer issues don't get worse and I gain weight back. In Jesus' name, amen. They're following a cancer patient around with cameras to try to take his disability away. Gosh, may, may God smite them. Prayer ID number 60845. God, in the name of Jesus, make A, need and want me more and more each and every day we're apart. Make him ask me to be back in his life and happy forever and to be his wife. Make our love for each other and our relationships stronger than ever before, dear Lord. Keep evildoers away. 
Please bring A back to me soon, sweet Jesus. God, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. Prayer ID number 60844. Please pray for God to surround, protect, and heal S from all drugs, substance abuse, and all unhealthy addictions. Please pray for God to bless and open new doors of opportunity for S. Please pray for God to fill S with the strength, desire, and success coming clean and staying clean. Please pray for God to open S's eyes and heart to us, his family. Pray for forgiveness, apologies, and a successful, loving, peaceful, and gentle restoration of all of our relationships and our family. Amen. Let's just do a couple more. Prayer ID number 60842. Stay with me, Lord, the night is coming. Stay with me, my best friend. Stay with me, my greatest love. Oh, Lord, heal where is hurt. Heal right there. Oh, Lord, heal where I can't go. Amen. And prayer ID number 60840. Please pray that I stop eating junk food all the time and start eating healthy and start a healthy lifestyle. Please pray that I start to hate the taste of sugar-filled foods, processed foods, and fizzy drinks so much that I don't ever want any of it to consume. Please pray that I find all the motivation to lose my 30-plus kilograms of excess weight and look after my health. Amen. And I want to do just one more. ID number 60839. I ask the amazing universe and spirit guides to remove the bitterness ailing A&R so that they will be kind people and stop harassing my dear adopted family. May they see the shameful, wicked ways they have behaved. And may they ask my family for forgiveness and leave them in peace. Amen. And let's just have a moment of quiet meditation and prayer for all those in need of comfort and healing and affirmation. Amen. So mote it be. I love that. So mote it be. There are people that really know how to pray. Um, sometimes people will write some great prayers. And they really know how to pray. Well, tonight, power, why do I want it? 
Well, it's a good question because I'm going to tell you that with power comes responsibility. When you take control of your life, you're in control of your life. No one tells you what to do. Um, no one is really going to look out for you, and you're the master of your fate. So what you know? What does this mean? Well, I have a... In my life, I've heard many people, and at one time I, I would have said the same thing when I was younger, that say, uh, you know, I can't help what I think. I can't help what I feel. And now when people tell me that, I, you know, I say, L listen to what you're saying. If if you cannot help what you think and you can't help what you feel, if you're not in control of your thoughts, you're not in control of your feelings, then who is? And I, I, I've had friends who have said this, you know, they say, well, you know, you can't, you can't help what you feel. You can't control your emotions. You know, they had bad temper problems. And you know, so, you know, you, you need to get on, get control of your anger. So, well, you, you know, you can't repress, you can't control your anger. Well, repression is not a good thing, but control is because if you don't control your thoughts, they control you. If you don't control your feelings. They control you. And I, I love the saying of Milarepa's. He said, if you, if you follow your thoughts, you're like a dog chasing a stick. And he said, instead, be like a lion and turn around and face the thrower. He went on to say, you only throw a stick at a lion once. And this is a great metaphor. Turn around and face the thrower. Don't be like a dog chasing your thoughts. Turn around and face the thinker and take control of the thoughts and once you do this you can't blame anybody else though you can't say she made me do that he made me do it he ruined everything because i did have someone who was a potential client i was talking um to this client i said so why aren't you in a relationship right now and this client said well i've been in two or three of them and uh, but they always they always ruined it and I wanted to hear that. They always ruined it. I've been in two or three relationships, but they always ruined it. And I wanted to ask this person, well, don't you feel you had some role in that? Um, and But, so, you know, my spirits nudged me and said, just don't even don't even go there. This, this is a fellow who will never accept responsibility for anything going wrong. Now, I'm going to tell you the base of this assertion is usually very simple to get to. Um, if you feel that you're out of control, if you feel that the world is a very threatening place, um, I want to tell you that, well, I'm going to tell you the, the source of this is, is basically low self-esteem. And I can tell you how you can tell if somebody has low self-esteem. There's a very easy way to tell. If someone feels the world is a threatening place filled with danger, um, if the world is always out to get you, uh, number one, uh, well, you're probably right. But also, number two, this is usually a sign of very low self-esteem. It's that you don't have control. And if you feel that you don't have control, um, it's a sign that you're keeping yourself down. You don't have uh, a good self-esteem. And this is a problem. This is a feeling that you don't have control. And I'm also going to tell you that the um, number one problem of control freaks is usually a low self-esteem. 
they're, they're controlling what they think they can. They feel out of control, so they're controlling what they can, which is usually other people and <laughs> other situations. Um, and if you if you think about this, that the biggest source of misery is that there's a gap between the way the world is and the way you want it to be. And the bigger that gap, the bigger the stress. Imagine the misery control freaks must live under trying to control everything and the stress that they create for themselves. So there's a couple of things that we have to understand. There are things we can't control, and that's usually external. But there's a lot of things we can control, and that's internal. Our internal states are 100% under our control. Now, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. You do it in baby steps. And, uh, you know, like trust, that's that's something we can control. People say, well, I, I just don't trust because I've been hurt. Well, you know, trust is not something that arises by magic. And it's really not something that is, is, a, is a personality trait. Trust is a decision, just like love is a decision. Love doesn't happen out of your control. And if it does... I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hard with you. If it does, then you have the emotional maturity of a 16-year-old. Love doesn't happen out of your control. Now, uh, there there is something that can happen spontaneously, which is chemistry. There can be a chemical reaction to another person that creates a very strong desire and a euphoria, and that's chemistry. But don't call that love. Don't call that love. It feels really good. It's a sexual infatuation, but don't call that, don't you dare call that love. And I'm going to tell you, if you feel love at first sight, you don't know that person. And don't tell me about soulmates and twin flames and destiny and fate and past life and karma and stuff. No, no, no. That's not what that is. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you sit in my chair and understand I've been doing psychic readings or spiritual readings or whatever you call them, for longer than many of you have been alive, you know, I'm, I'm talking about 35 years, and I've had people sit and tell me and say, we're soulmates, we, we're meant to be together, and I'll, I've looked at their palms, and I've looked at their numerology, and I've looked at their, I said, you're, you're not soulmates, and they they've look, they have laughed at me and said, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, Mr. St. Germain, you're wrong, we're soulmates, we're meant to be together, and then two months later, one of them will come back. I said, well, where's your partner? Where's your son? Like, well, it didn't work out, you know, after the sexual infatuation wore off. I know that sexual infatuation feeling. I have had love at first sight. And you know what my rule today is? If you feel, if you experience love at first sight, turn around and run away. Because that usually does not work out. That usually will not work out. Or be mature enough to recognize what it is and ride it to the end if, if you're very, very lucky, that person is going to be compatible if you're very, very lucky. But I want to tell you that very often we crave the very thing that's not good for us. And, you know, quite often we're, we're craving something very toxic. And um, I want to tell you that the worst people for this are people in the spiritual community. And you show me people in the spiritual community who haven't had disastrous relationships. Tell me tell me someone who, who got lucky right off the gate, met their soulmate, and are still with them. And uh, hell, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pay money to see that. I will. I'll give you some money. 
you know, tell, show me someone in the spiritual community who's not had disastrous relationships. Now, I finally got it right because I learned I learned that lesson, and I projected to the universe. I said, okay, I said, okay, divine mind, um, I'm ready to be alone for the rest of my life if I can't find the one person I'm meant to be with, the one that is set aside for me. Just as just as it's taught that there is that which is mine, that person which is mine, and I am hers. Bring us together. And by God, two weeks later, by God, two weeks later, we came together under miraculous situations. And so I know it works. I've helped other people do it. So this is why we want power. So we quit guessing. So we quit depending on hormones. So we're not like a dog following a stick. Random, randomly guess, guessing, you know, hoping that we just randomly meet people and it works out that we randomly get a job and find happiness that we randomly get prosperity. We were talking um, last week, in fact, about how um, darkness is the absence of light. Happiness is the absence or unhappiness is the absence of, um, of um, happiness. And, um, Evil is the absence of good. That unhappiness and poverty don't exist um, in and of themselves as separate entities, as happiness and good and prosperity do. Only positive forces exist in the universe. Creation, only creation exists in the universe. Now, I, I know about entropy. I know about entropy. You know, things go from order to chaos. I understand about entropy. But that doesn't do us any good. We're not going to worry about entropy. Um, what we know is that creation constantly occurs in the face of entropy. Seeds grow into flowers and trees. Now, yes, trees fall down and decay, but the process of creation still goes on. Sperm fertilizes ovum, babies are born, new people come into the world. Creation continues. Therefore, now, we see throughout history, recorded histories of wonder workers, of miracle workers. Um, now, we have probably our most... Uh, famous miracle worker of modern times, uh, Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Christ, which is how it was actually written, the Christ, Jesus the man, the Christ, the God power. Now, if Jesus was indeed a man, as it was written, and he contained the Christ power, the God power, if Jesus was indeed a man, then he, he is of us. Now, if Jesus was a god, which was never the case, that would place him beyond our reach. If Jesus was a god, he's beyond our reach. But if Jesus is a man, then you and I could do the same things he did, the same power that he did. There's no question about that. So why why can't we? Why don't we? Well, it's this low self-esteem, and it is this low self-esteem that separates us, and this low self-esteem is taught to us by organized religion. 
how dare I mean how dare we say you know I am Christ you are Christ how how, how would you do it? go to go to your church go to a Baptist church and stand up and say raise your hand and say you know I'm the Christ too and so are you and you're the Christ and you're the Christ Christ is in all of us and yet it says in the very Bible the kingdom of God is in every one of us in Luke in Luke, it says the kingdom of God is in every one of us, and I'll give you. I'm, I'm googling it now. Uh, I should have googled that before, um, and uh, I don't. I can't give you chapter and verse, unfortunately, because I'm not Luke 17. Uh, Luke 17, the kingdom of God is within man. It says right in the Bible, and yet if you were to say that, and it says in the Gnostic of Thomas. You split the rock, and I'm within. You cleave, you cleave the, the log, and I'm within. It says in the Bible and the writ that God is everywhere. God is within you. God is within me. But if you were to stand up and say, I am the Christ, you are the Christ, you are God, I am God, they would grab you and kick you out and beat you beat you to death. They'd stop you because of this low self-esteem we're supposed to have. We're, we're lower than the worm beneath the boot. So the power is deprived of us. The power, power is deprived of us. And this is not blasphemy. I'm teaching you this is not blasphemy. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I love Jesus. I love the Christ. And my grandfather was a man who was a great Christian. And he was probably the only Christian I've ever met. I've never met a Christian since I'm, my grandfather. I met people who profess to be Christians, but they're, they're arrogant um Non-believers, they don't believe in the Bible. They're arrogant. They believe in themselves, and they believe in their preachers, but their preachers are not teaching Christianity. But my grandfather knew Jesus. It was as if my grandfather sat down on the porch and spoke to Jesus. He knew, you know, people said, what would Jesus do? My grandfather knew what Jesus would do. And he was the most non-judgmental man and the most patient man, and he died painfully of cancer, and he would not take painkillers. Because he wanted to meet Jesus with a clear head, and in the hospital he was always kind, and he was always cooperative, and he always had a kind word and a joke for everyone who helped him. And when he passed away, the the nurses and the aides they wept, and they don't weep for just anybody. I mean, I've I've had a lot of family, all my families did, except I have two family members still alive, and I've seen a lot of my family members die. And they come in and they're sympathetic. You know, they pat your hand and they're sympathetic. But some of these hardcore critical care nurses and techs, they bowed their head over his bed and they cried. They wept for him. They saw that this man was a saint. And he's the only true Christian I've ever known. But, you know, he was also, in the grassroots sense, a Buddhist without ever studying Buddhism at all. He lived the Dharma. And this was because he was in connection with the God power. And he walked this. He didn't he didn't have to have it taught to him. He was he was born into the spirit. And the two things that have become my core life philosophy I learned from him. And I've read a lot of books and I've studied a lot of spirituality and I've studied with a lot of mentors. And there are two things that really have become my core philosophy and I learned from him. And I probably have told these stories, but I'll tell them again. When I was maybe five years old, I was playing in the vacant lot across the street, and he was on the porch watching me. 
and uh, I stepped on a broken Coke bottle, and it went clean through my foot. Now, in those days, we were not snowflakes. We, um, you had to have a bone sticking out of your leg before they took you to the hospital. And I ran screaming across the street, and he met me halfway and picked me up and took me in. And he looked at my foot, and um, he bandaged it with a, like a handkerchief. He sprayed Bactine on it first. Now, I don't know if any of you remember Bactine, but it was uh, god-awful. It stung. They, they put it on everything. You had a bee sting, Bactine. If you had a cut, Bactine. If you had a rash, Bactine. They put Bactine on it and wrapped it in his handkerchief, and that was the end of it. And then he said, why are you still crying? And I said, it hurts. He goes, well, of course it hurts, but <laughs> you're still alive. And I said, but it hurts. He said, listen, life's a big thing. Pain's a little thing. You're still alive. Quit crying. It was something like that. I don't remember the exact words, but I remember that all my life. Anytime I've been hurt or disappointed or sad or fired from a job or dumped in a relationship and it hurt, I said, yeah, but I'm alive. You know, life's bigger than this. And I've been, I've, I've had some severe pain, too, um, and I've been in tremendous pain sometimes. But I said, you know, life's bigger than this. You know, pain's small. Life's big. I'm still alive. And I've had all the emotional hurt you've experienced. You know, people say, well, you know, he's been hurt. I don't give a fuck that he's been hurt. That's no excuse. He's alive. You know, I don't I don't care you've been hurt. You've had your heart broken. You're still alive. That's a big – that's bigger. That's bigger. And the other thing I got from my grandfather – uh, he and my dad were talking over beer. My grandfather didn't drink beer. He drank coffee. He saucered it. He put it in a saucer. He'd you know, sip it like that. Because back then, they brewed coffee hot. They put it on a percolator on the stove, and it was hot. And um, they were talking about the world and the news. And, you know, the world has not gotten worse. It's the same. Everything that happened now happened then. And... Um, Dad said, it's an awful world, John. It's an awful world. I'm named after my grandfather. His name was Johnny Taylor. I'm Johnny also. And uh, and uh, and my grandfather said, no, it's not the world, Ernie. He says, people. The world's a good place. People ruin it. And these are my two core philosophies that in all – I can talk to you about religion all day. I can talk to you about Buddhism all day. I can talk to you about all kinds of religions. But to me, it boils down to two things. Life is big. Pain is small. And it's not the world that's at fault. People. People ruin it. And so when people tell me religion is the source of evil, no, it's not. There's nothing wrong with religion. It's what people do to it. And so let's not throw the Bible out. Let's look at it. What has it taught us? And what was the message of Jesus, the Christ? And it was that man can consist of two natures, man nature and God nature. Don't think of God, though, as a human. As a human. Don't think of God with human limitations. God, the God power is unlimited. So can man in his limitations surmount that and connect with the unlimited creative God law? that is unlimited. And what I'm saying is, why not? Can you and I do the same things that Jesus did, that Gilgamesh did, that Hercules did, that Theseus did, that uh, people to this very day do, but quietly? Can we do it? So um, can you come to understand and know 
this man Jesus, as my grandfather did. Did my grandfather perform miracles? I believe I believe he may have, um, but not overtly, not like that. Um, so remember, remember this, and this is another thing. Um, um, I'll tell you that a certain state of existence can be achieved to where you desire something and it can come to you. But most people's desires are very small. If you desire small things, small things are going to come to you. So there's another phrase I'd like to point out to you, and we'll go to station identification. And that's where it says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that this mighty life spirit hath prepared for those that love or know him. For to know him is to love him. I'm going to tell you where there's love, there is the God spirit. And where the God spirit is, there cannot be poverty, there cannot be unhappiness, there cannot be evil. Let's go to station identification. Excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Kandisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Fearyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I sure hope the mute button is working because I have a, uh, a stomach thing going. It's um, causing me to burp re- really loudly, so I'm hitting the mute button when that happens. Otherwise, when you listen to this, you're going to hear like ar, 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 ar. Um, and uh, but you know my self-esteem is intact to the point where I just would probably think that's funny. I'll go back and listen to the broadcast and listen to it and make sure that when I hit the mute button, you're not listening to me belts like a rhinoceros. Um, we're talking about this power thing, and I want to tell you that all that really keeps us from manifesting this power is the idea in our mind that we can't do it. And man, I hear this a lot. Um, I have, you know, I have uh, consultees, you know, people who consult me, and they say, you know, I don't think I'll ever be successful. I don't think anyone will ever love me. I don't think I can do this. I can't do this. Um, I like to start my own business, but I don't think I can do it. It's I'm too scared. I'm too. I'm afraid these things. And a long list of things that they're afraid will happen. And man, I want to tell you where there's fear, where there's doubt, uh, these things will kill you. Because remember, these are dark things. And where there's darkness, there can't be light. And uh, you know what I what I encourage people is to look for these look for these areas where the the God power is not, and bring bring that power in, and so I say, make a list. 
make two lists. Write down your strengths, and then say, and write down my weaknesses. Says, no, you don't want to write down your weaknesses. You don't want to do that because you're you're acknowledging them. I say, write down things that you know you're capable of doing. Write down your strong points. What's your strengths, and then what can you do with those strengths? You know, are you are you good with numbers? Well, what can you do with that? You know, are you are you good at making things? Well, what can you do with that? And I know so many people who tell me they want to start a business, and I say, do you know anything about running a business? And they don't. I said, so how are you going to run a business? You're just going to make things and collect money? Um, you're just going to sell things and collect money? That's not how a business works. I say, you're, you're going to have to go and take some classes on how to run a business, basic bookkeeping. Basic bookkeeping is essential until you get to the point where you can get someone to do it for you or get a partner to do it. I want to tell you, I know a lot of people who went into business with someone who ran the business, and then the person who ran the business wasn't with them anymore, and now they've got a business that's up and running, and they don't have the slightest idea how to run it. So if you're going to go into business, you got to put that down. I want to run a business. Well, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm a flower arranger. I'm good at this. Can you run a business? Well, no. That's not enough. Having having the skills not enough. So you write down what you can do. Now now you're going to see what you can't do, and what you need to do. Now I want to tell you, prosperity is not hard. It's not hard to be prosperous, but working for other people, you know, working for a company um, depends on the company. Uh, you can be very prosperous working for certain companies if you have a company that will do it. Um, but locked into a wage, making someone else rich, not the best way to be prosperous. Um, you got, you've got to have some way to bring it in, but you know this is a topic for another show. What I want you to do is examine your self-esteem. I want to tell you that the uh, relationship between low self-esteem and mental disorders are well-established. Low self-esteem leads to depression, leads to anxiety, leads to um, all kinds of um, mental problems. And it's very difficult if you're uh, anxious and depressed to realistically evaluate yourself. You might have to get someone else to say, well, you know, you, you're you're good at this, you're good at this, because you want to sit down and make this list and look at it and be depressed. Well, I'm not good at anything, you know, so... Um, so there's a number of things that you need to do, and that is write down everything that, that, that you've achieved and accomplished in your life and what you're good at. And you're going to have to come up with some affirmations. And I can give you a number of those if you want, um, a number of affirmations to help you with that. And I'm going to tell you some very good things that you might want to think about um, if you have uh, low self-esteem, and that is to be... And I know this seems like a very shallow thing, and there are people who who say uh, they don't really care about these things. But I'm going to tell you where we are a um, a complicated organism, and um, we are body, mind, and spirit. All three must be cultivated. And the people who say, "Well, I don't really care about my appearance," well, I want to tell you, unless you're a sociopath. You do, on some level, care about your appearance. You do, on some level, care about what people think about you. Now, 
I don't worry about what people think about me. I don't have to drive a fancy car and have supermodels hanging off my arm for my self-esteem. But I do care about other people. And I don't want people to think bad things about me. I want to leave a good legacy in the world, but I don't worry about it. I don't do things to impress other people. My opinion of myself is the most important thing. However, when I go out in public, I'm not going to go out with a dirty shirt, smelling bad, un unshaven, ungroomed. I'm going to try to look a modicum of decency. This is simply good manners and consideration of other people. That's just good manners. That's what you do out of politeness. You don't go out smelling bad, looking bad, um, being offensive to other people. So it's very important to take care of your hygiene and your appearance. This will help your self-esteem immediately. Pay and pay a special attention. I mean, taking a shower and shaving and grooming and dressing good—that's going to raise your self-esteem right there. And um, where? Wear a nice, crisp outfit, and also watch your diet. You know, eat well. If you if you do these things uh, and exercise and take care of your health, you're doing loving things for your for yourself. If you're always taking care of other people and not taking care of yourself, that's not going to make you feel good about yourself. Take good care of yourself. Make sure you get enough rest too. Um, if you're constantly tired, you're not going to feel good about yourself. Now, these things for your self-esteem are very, very important. And I'm going to ask you to get out a crystal ball. I'm going to ask you to do this exercise and do this every day. Do this every day. Do it twice a day. Do it three times a day if you need to. We've been learning ways to connect with the mighty God power. Since the very first time we've been doing this, I've asked you to do some exercises, some affirmations. You get your crystal ball out and you hold it in front of you. And with the aid of this crystal, you recite, and you can do this out loud. You can do it in your mind, but you can do it out loud and it makes it more firm. I am a manifestation of the mighty God power. And you say this ten times and you put it in that crystal ball. You project it in that crystal ball. And from the crystal ball, you send it out to all corners of the universe I am a manifestation of the mighty God power. You do that ten times. And then, I am seeking the mighty God power. And you do this ten times. I am seeking the mighty God power, and you send it out. You send it out to the, all corners of the universe from that crystal ball. And when you're done with that, you, you don't have to start ten times. Do it three times. Do it five times. Because I want to tell you, if you do this right, it's going to be... It's going to be like jogging. It's going to be make you sweat. And then, I am one with the mighty God power. I am one with the mighty God power. I am one with the mighty God power. And put that in your crystal ball and send it out in every direction to every corner of the universe. And then when you're done with that, I am healthy, prosperous, and happy in the mighty God power. You're starting to claim it now. You're laying claim to it now. You're staking claim, just like the old guys used to go out to the gold fields and sift for gold and lay claim to it. You're laying claim. I am happy, healthy, half prosperous, and happy in the mighty God power. 
I am healthy, prosperous, and happy in the mighty God power. See, you're, you're turning on the light now. You're bringing light into the darkness. Because there is no unhappiness. There is no poverty. There is no poor health. This is lack of happiness. This is lack of prosperity. This is lack of health. You're going to firm up your claim now. All things come to me through the mighty God power. All things come to me through the mighty God power. And recite these five affirmations daily. Send them out through your crystal. And when you send them out, then bring them back in. Send them out. Do these five things, send them out, then put, bring them back in through your crystal. Bring them back in and claim them. Bring them back in and claim them. This is the projection and reception method. Taught in new thought. Magnified with the crystal through the genius of our founder, Claude Alexander Conlon. In these five affirmations, I am a manifestation of the mighty God power. I am seeking the mighty God power. I am one with the mighty God power. I am healthy, prosperous, and happy in the mighty God power. All things come to me through the mighty God power. And recite these and believe it. Don't do this halfway. Doubt will kill you in this. Don't don't let doubt stop you. Doubt will kill you in this kind of business. Don't say, well, I'll give this a try and see if it works. So I've had people tell me this. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll see if it works. I say, no, no, don't, 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 even, don't even do it if you're going to do it with that. Go into this with utter faith. Go into this with utter faith. I've had people kill work with that. You know, they'll they'll do things to call I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working. Well, you just killed it. Right. You don't think it's working, which means you think it's not working. You're sending out, it's not working. It's not working because you're thinking it's not working. True words are never spoken. You better start thinking it's working if you want it to work. Start thinking it's work. Have faith. Because faith fuels this work. Doubt kills this work. And I realize after a little while sometimes that this is an untrainable horse. This is a horse I can't train. And some of these horses I just have to release out into the wild, you know, to fend for themselves. And it's a it's a sad day for me. Any of you all ever been to 12-step programs? Um, you know, you get a, you know, you sponsor somebody and they, they swear off the bottle, they swear off the drug, and you think, man, I got this one. I want to save this one. This is somebody that, man, this is a good one. You know, this one, and this is, if, if you're a sponsor in 12 steps, you fall for this a few times. You know, you think, man, I got this one, I got this one. And then they relapse. You know, they're back down the neck of the bottle, and it's a, it's a terrible feeling in the pit of your stomach. The first few times it happens, you know, over a few years, you get, you know, you know you're going to lose more than you save. I, mean, I shouldn't use the word save, you know, the, because you don't really save anybody. But, you know, some some people, you sponsor them, they get clean, they get sober. You go, man, that's great. That's a good feeling. But most of the people, you're not. You know, you, you do your best. You go over there in the middle of the night, sit with them. You know, they th- they're throwing up. You rub their back. You hold their head. You get them through those dark moments when they don't think they can make it through the night. And you think, man, man, they're going to make it, they're going to make it, they're going to make it, and they don't. It, it's kind of like that. You know, some people, you can take them through this. They connect with the mighty God power. Next thing you know, they're happy. They're with a person of their dreams. They're with their soulmate. They're making money. They're, they're with a happy job. You go, man, that's a good feeling. Some of them, they never get past this thing where, well, you know, it doesn't work. Well, I'll never be happy. Well, I'll never be with the person because they're sending it out there. And 
by God, what you send out will surely come back to you. It'll come knocking at your door. We are um, about four minutes left of our show. Now, you know, anytime you want to, you can call our number, 657-383-0525, with stories of your own, questions of your own, comments of your own. Now, I'm going to tell you, the... uh, the things I'm telling you are not delivered ex cathedra from my navel. I'm not a prophet. I'm just telling you things that other people have said, things that other people have taught, things that were taught to me. I'm not going to bore you with a story about how I went from being miserable and struggling to where I am now, which is peaceful and not struggling, um, and where I can pretty much manifest. Um, I, I still have limits because I still can't, believe that I just can't believe that things are going that well but you know I tell you every every day and every month and every year I, I stretch this further and further but I want to tell you that belief itself is the answer and we live in an era of skepticism and disbelief all you have to do is look on the internet on Facebook on the news we live in an era where belief is and faith is hard to come by but I will tell you belief itself is the answer People say, well, I'm looking for the answer. I'm looking for the answer. I'm looking for, you know, answers to my question. Belief is the answer. Faith is the answer. And the believing prayer, the believing desire, because prayer and desire are two words for the same thing, really. It's utterly impossible for you to desire or pray for anything without receiving it from the living God law if you truly believe in the presence of the living God law, if you truly believe in it. And if you believe in it without any doubt at all, it's impossible for you not to get it. And I mean anything. I mean anything. I mean anything. So I'm going to tell you that of all the preachers and ministers and um, priests and shamans and people I've known um, in my life, and I've known hundreds, I've known hundreds, there may be a dozen who truly believe what they're preaching. And I know that's a provocative statement, but there may be a dozen because they're the only ones I've ever seen manifest. And uh, so I've come to believe that just making no effort, nothing's going to happen. You must evolve. So the only way to get rid of this this rot, this rot that is within us of belief, unbelief, and superstition and disbelief is to practice it practice these exercises in faith and belief and manifest it yourself start small work big you must be grateful you must say I thank you God law I believe in you I know you've heard me and the things that you need to manifest will manifest manifest you may not manifest the things you want at first but you will manifest the things that you need I promise you this I want you to believe me you will manifest the things that you need. You must have faith in this. And if you do have this faith and you sincerely believe and you know this existence, as I tell people, I'm not a man of faith anymore. I'm a man of knowledge. I know these things work. Faith will turn into knowledge. I don't want you to have blind faith. I want you to have enlightened faith. Don't have blind faith in anything. Have enlightened faith. And so let's go out. And I'll, in the streets of Beverly Smith is coming up, and we'll see you next week.